Welcome to Cheaper Than Therapy, a podcast that journeys into conversations that demystify, destigmatize, and desensitize what goes on both inside the therapy room and in daily life. I'm Vanessa Bennett. And I'm Danae Logan. And we are seekers, soul sisters, and holders of sacred space. Every week, we sit down for soul-provoking conversations with fellow seekers, thought leaders, change makers, and even real people during live coaching sessions as they navigate the hard work it takes to be a human. This is Cheaper Than Therapy. We have news for you all. Yeah, we are so excited to share that as so many of you have asked for us to host more than just one week-long immersive experience, we are bringing another retreat into the fold this year. And this time we're headed to Nosara, Costa Rica, June 3rd through 10th. Yeah. We heard you. We heard you. We're doing more. We're trying. <laughs> this time, though, we're actually bringing in two of our dear friends and colleagues to come along with us and join the party. So we're going to have Ashley Torrent and Millie Murillo there. Um, and honestly, the four of us together, I don't know, our powers mm-hmm. combined, drawing from our collective work in the healing modalities of psychotherapy, coaching, mediumship, astrology, somatic movement, group processing, all the things. We'll be supporting you all in reclaiming every aspect of the most fulfilling life you can possibly live. It's going to be such a transformational week. I'm so excited already. And if you are interested in learning more, you can go to the link in either of our social bios or head over to Vanessa's website at vanessabennett.com. And we have payment plans available for this one as well. Yeah, definitely hit me up on email if you want to know more about that. We are super excited and we hope to see you all there. I told Danae <laughs> that I'm not She's allowed not... to say the word patriarchy in this episode. And I was she... like, well, then I'm just going to sit here silently because I don't know how to talk about any of this without saying the word patriarchy. And I said, we're not going to not say patriarchy, but <laughs> let's do and our You best. called me a one-trick pony? Is that what you <laughs> I did not call you. I said, we are becoming a one-trick pony because every conversation we have always comes back to the patriarchy. Well, perhaps that's because everything is connected to patriarchy, Vanessa. Well, with that, we're going to answer some questions today. <laughs> and today's uh, challenge is going to be to happy, not say the P hysterically word. Hysterically laughing. Okay. For the yeah. whole time. It's like, what is that? What's that game where you like, you can't say the word? Like, or oh, it's like a, I don't remember what that game is. I can't remember. <laughs> you have something to, you pay when, play when you have you're to little. drink or something when you say the word. Oh, patriarchy. well, it wasn't a game when you were little if you had to drink, but okay. No, but no, there was like a game where like you can't say the word. Anyway. Okay, we're going to do a little series. We're going to start doing a series where we answer mm. some of the questions that you all have asked us via DM, writing into our email. Um, and if you're listening to this and you do have a burning question, we do have an email, cheaper than therapy the pod at gmail.com, which you're welcome to send us an email and ask us some questions. Um, you can also DM us and we will start doing this series more regularly. But we had two questions today that I thought were interesting that I wanted to address. So the first one is, are there any episodes of Cheaper Than Therapy that talk about self-sabotage? Mm-hmm. And my response to that was, I actually think the topic of self-sabotage is kind of woven in throughout a lot of what we talk about because mm-hmm. I might argue that even codependent behaviors are self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. Right. And so before we started recording, I was jokingly saying to Danae, oh, I can talk about that. I feel like I've spent a lifetime self-sabotaging. And you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think if we if you think if you look at it through that vein, right, like isn't codependency in its essence a form of self-sabotage? I think you could say, like, I've spent a lifetime sabotaging myself. Sabotaging myself meaning 
um, keeping myself from true intimacy, keeping myself from true love, um, keeping myself from true fulfillment, keeping myself mm. from true happiness, right? It's all self-sabotage, especially if you don't believe within the structure that we live in societally, like it, we're not deserving of it, right? Like we're selfish for wanting something. Um, so I think that to me, when I think of self-sabotage, that's what's come up. That's what comes up. Yeah. I mean, as you say it like that, that makes a little bit more sense why you would say that. I think of like, here's what comes to mind. And this is probably that I worked in the field of addiction for a while when someone is doing really well and then mm -hmm. they'll do something to sort of blow up their progress. That's what I think of in terms of self-sabotage, but also it's, it's still a very similar concept because it has to do with our self-worth and right. um, basically our belief that we are worthy of good things, that we are worthy of thriving, that we are worthy of fulfilling love, all of the things that you were talking about. So it's essentially the same thing. Um, I think that it's so much of what, you know, it's so funny. We were, I can't remember when we were talking about this, but just the way that I have realized there's, there's like a com commissary or, um, I don't know the word that's <laughs> not coming to me, but there's a way that we do this thing of minimizing ourselves or not being too full of ourselves or not loving ourselves too much out loud as a way to fit in societally. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, um, like you'll notice this, like, I'm sure the Instagram posts where you talk about like motherhood and how like you just feel like overwhelmed, like those will have like a huge response. Whereas if you're like, I am loving life, I'm so grateful for everything. People don't love that, which is an interesting psychological phenomenon, right? Because it sometimes I think is, and we were talking about this earlier, I think of like the Gwyneth Paltrow effect when she mm. was talking about, um, consciously uncoupling, there was like a huge backlash and people just like really started hating her. And it was like, why is it such a negative thing for you to be talking about attempting to be more conscious in the way that you are, you know, ending your marriage with your husband? Um, and it's because people feel like when you're doing something other than the sort of ego driven status quo, that you're judging them. And I think quite often that's not true, but it's the story that people are telling themselves about what it means. Or if you're celebrating your life, it means that you're bragging or that, you know, them not being happy with their life where it is means that somehow, I don't know, like it just makes them feel bad about that. But I'm curious what that brings up for you. Yeah. I mean, if I had to connect it back to self-sabotage, I think that what you said- <laughs> back to self-sabotage. Well, I think what you said in the beginning, no, I think it's this idea of like the of the self-worth, right? Mm. So I think it all goes back to that through line, which is even am I projecting this onto somebody else? Like even if, and, and you know, with all forms of kind of this self-love journey, this journey that we're all on to understand ourselves better and to, you know, break old habits and all of these things. I always talk, and I know you do too, and I know John does too. One of the things we always tell our clients first and foremost is you're going to lose relationships. Mm. If you become really committed to this journey, you're going to lose relationships. Like period, bottom line, it sucks, but like you got to get, you got to get okay with that in some way because when you start shifting and changing and growing and becoming happier, becoming more peaceful, becoming more tuned, becoming more aligned with who you really are, it's going to be very confronting for people, right? Yes. Because what it does is it turns a mirror around on them 
to their blind spots, to things they're not willing to look at and improve all of these things, right? And so a lot of times that will be the kind of strain that ends up causing the relationships to end. And so I think what you're saying on the Gwyneth Paltrow thing is so interesting because it is, again, it's self-worth. So if I'm the person who on the other side is hearing this thing about Gwyneth Paltrow and I'm having this really strong reaction like, oh, whatever, fuck you, your life is so great. That's why you can do this because you have all the money in the world and you're beautiful and you're this and you're that, which is all the things that she always gets, right? right. Um, and it's not to say that privilege isn't a real thing, but the immediate kind of attack back at her with like, oh, this is why you can do this and let me rip you down for it. Hmm. That is about us, right? That is about, again, it's like self-worth, self-love. And so if I am miserable in my relationship, my marriage, my partnership, and I am seeing somebody else tell me and show me there's a different way, what it's doing is shining a flashlight on not only how miserable I am, but potentially it's bringing up shame around, do I not have the courage to make the choice that she's making? Do I not have the fortitude? Is there something wrong with me that I can't also do that, right? Or do I just have an intrinsic belief that I'm not worthy of choosing myself and leaving a relationship that's not fulfilling, right? And so I do think actually it, it does come back to the same conversation because it it's all about self-worth. Yeah. And it's shadow work. As, as you're right. saying that, I'm sort of like thinking about the extent to which none of this is conscious. It's sort of what right. is below the surface and why we're always stressing to pause and get curious when something feels really activating to you or when someone is making you like, Ugh, like with whatever they're saying, that's always about me. That's always about some unacknowledged aspect of myself. Um, but I think there's something really powerful in, you know, even holding the idea, and this is like a societal, and I will, I will say the word capitalist baseline, <laughs> that life, life is hard, mm -hmm. that life is hard and we are meant to struggle through this life. And, um, and we sort of need that. We need that in a capitalist society to continuously be buying and not feeling like our lives are enough or, Don't um, wake up to the matrix. You know, this, yeah, this is something that I have to get through, right? Like my life is something that I have to get through. And, I, I don't believe that anymore. There certainly was a time that I did. And I think that, you know, when you start to shift into a mind frame of like, nope, everything in this life is happening for us to grow through. This is a life school. That's what we came here for. And the things that feel challenging, it's our work to be in the inquiry of, you know, well, who told me this was not supposed to be what it is? What did I expect it to be? How did I come to the conclusion that that's what my life was going to look like? Um, it takes a lot of personal responsibility to do that. And, you know, I heard something the other day that I think, God, I just like, you know, when someone says something and you're like, oh, yes, <laughs> that frequently. shifted, right? Um, it was my teacher, Esther, and she was talking about how so often we get in these patterns and I was watching um, her work with a couple and the woman was just talking about how I didn't get to do all of these things in my life. I haven't had any opportunities you know, just all of the reasons that she was victimized by her husband and by the decision to stay in this marriage. And he was like a horrible person, right? And basically what Esther was saying is that you have to sort of look at the fact that you are consciously picking apart why this person is like what they're doing and why that's creating your suffering is just the distraction from the difficult move decision that you don't want to make, which is, okay, this is what it is. But now what am I going to do about it? Right. Right. Because that's the responsibility. Puts me in a state of victim. 
which is so much more yes. comfortable for so many of us, right? But I'm deflecting against that personal responsibility because then I got to do something about it. If I see yeah. like, yeah, it's a choice. It's a choice that all of us make. Um, and I think that's really uncomfortable. But when you like boil it down to like that level of simplicity mm -hmm. um, at any moment, any of us has the ability to take the reins on our lives and make a different choice. Yes. And and I will say, I'm going to caveat this because I, I can feel some responses <laughs> out there. Well, especially around, I think like truly abusive situations, right? Or, or situations yes. where it's like, it's literal life or death. Um, I have worked with clients. I have family members who have been in situations like that where no, no one is saying it's just like, just walk out the door then, right? Like it's not that simple. And in saying that there are still micro choices that you can very slowly start to make, um, mm -hmm. where you do start slowly taking the reins back. It just doesn't look as maybe simple as it sounds like Danae and I are saying it. There's always going to be those kind of circumstances that look slightly different, right? I just want to kind of put that out there in honor that there are those. Um, yeah. And I just want to add to that, like, as someone who was in an 11 and a half year marriage where I didn't leave because I was afraid, I think even the emotional attachment to other people can feel like annihilation, totally. can feel like life or death. And that like, there's a very good reason we don't make these difficult choices. Mm -hmm. It's, um, you know, a survival mechanism. And mm -hmm. I still stand by the fact that it is a choice that we're making. And no, I agree with you. And that's why I be said like conscious. You can make choices. They just might look a little bit smaller in the beginning and they might be, you know, more about learning about yourself, more about, I don't know, well, starting therapy, things like that, that are, mm. that are still actually choosing yourself. They're still actually making choices. No one is saying that like your choices are either to stay or to walk out the door. Like there are a lot of micro choices that go into that, maybe that final decision, right? That we're talking about. And I yes. just, I want to put that out there and say it's not sometimes as black and white as that. And there's a lot of steps that take, usually that takes us to that final step, if that is the step that you want to make. But I I will say too that this idea, so this idea of self-sabotage is really interesting because I think the older I've gotten and the further on this journey I've gotten, the more, and and really the, the stronger my self-awareness has become. So not just my feeling of self-worth or value, but also my self-awareness, also my mindful mm -hmm. practice around noticing, right? Just noticing, just paying attention. I always use this term anthropologist. My light just blew. <laughs> Anybody who's yeah, watching like, this on YouTube will watch that my light just blew. <laughs> um, so I, I call it anthropologist. Like we have to become the anthropologist to ourself, right? To our lives, to our internal working, our internal systems. I have become so much more aware of those instances when I want to self-sabotage or I, maybe not want is the right word, but I, I have a propensity or like I, that's what I'm going towards because it feels normal, natural, whatever. Um, and I have to become very aware and clear of whatever the trigger point is. Again, my light. <laughs> The lights keep who's, flickering. Who's There's here? a ghost in Vanessa's I was just going to say, right who's now. here with me right now? Hello. <laughs> Someone is here. Who's here? Um, now that ghost just made me lose my train of thought. Um, okay, so mindfulness, awareness of self, right? So if self-sabotage, if we know that unconsciously a lot of it has to do with self-worth, if we know unconsciously a lot of it has to do with these codependent tendencies, right? Like this deep belief that I am... Uh, of no value if I'm not connected to somebody, if I don't have attachments, right? Once we start becoming aware of those beliefs, but also the kind of behavioral in the moment kind of trigger points where we go and we act on those beliefs, you can start to act differently. 
even if the belief itself hasn't quite changed yet. So I do believe with some of this work, self-sabotage, codependency, things like this, you can back your way into a stronger belief in self because a lot of that has, has how I've done it. Like if I know that people pleasing as an example is like one of my bad habits, right? I can understand the why and I can still be doing the work around believing that I am okay if people don't like me, if I am okay if I disappoint people, right? It still feels like shit in my body, but I'm still going to do the behavior that feels opposite anyway. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think I realized why I have sort of a resistance to the word or the phrase self-sabotage is because it feels very linear to me. It mm. feels very like there's like um, a right way and a wrong way. There's like a we're here and then like we get to that point of arrival where I feel like all of it is very like it's all useful. Um, mm -hmm. I was listening to Mark Groves this morning and he was talking about like it's ridiculous that we think that, you know, or that we like beat ourselves up for the bad decisions we make or the choices that I don't know, we learn from because the learning comes in the moment of, oh, this is what this taught me. Totally. And if we see that is what all of this is for, none of this is sort of like a point of arrival in life. And like, now I've got it figured out and I don't yeah. do these things anymore. Um, we're not self-sabotaging. We're just learning. And that's kind of why we came into these bodies, I believe. Um, so, I mean, I understand I like and that. I understand like what's underneath the, you know, what you're saying about self-sabotage. But I think the phrase to me... I don't love for some reason. I think um, another therapist that worked in my practice used to talk about like self-sabotage isn't even like a thing. And I kind of like forgot that he said that until we started talking, but I kind of agree. Like, I don't mm -hmm. know, like self-sabotage just feels like there's like a right way to do life and a wrong way to do life, you know? Yeah. I like that. I like that. And I think again, going back to like this idea of kind of being mindfully aware of what's happening for you. Once you start building that muscle, you'll know pretty quickly mm. in your body what feels in alignment for you and what feels out of alignment for you and where you mm -hmm. want to go and where you want to be in your life and on your journey, right? So um, to your point about it being, it's all part of this journey, it's all lessons, it's all learning, right? I am still going to do the things that I know I don't want to keep doing. I know that I don't want to people please. I'm still going to do it, right? It's such a... It's such a quick reaction for me. It's what I do quick. But I know immediately in my body that is not in alignment with who I am and who I mm. want to be. Right. And so that's that point in the lesson where I can be like, Ooh, do you feel that? Like feel that in your body on a cellular level, like the icky, gross, shameful. I mean, just all of the, the ickiest of icky feelings, right? I can feel it in my body. And then I get to say, what am I going to do about it now? Am I going to speak up? Am I going to change course? Am I going to maybe not? Like maybe the thing is done and that's okay, but I'm going to sit with this feeling and I'm going to give myself compassion and I'm going to talk myself through like what I'm not going to do next time, right? There's many ways that that could go. But the point is, is that in that moment of feeling like shit, it's not like hands up. Well, I self-sabotaged, right? Hmm. It's actually me going, ooh, feel that. Okay, let's sit with that. What's that lesson? You know, what's the lesson I'm going to take yeah. from that? Yeah. Yeah. I love thinking of these moments of challenges like moon cycles. I was talking to a cousin. A cousin? I wasn't talking to a cousin. I was talking to a client. I have no idea why the word cousin just came out of my mouth. Um, I was thinking the word client, but I said cousin. But 
I was talking to a client yesterday about, and she was like very similar to the way you're describing, like literally beating herself and beating herself up and having so much shame around the level of emotionality that came up in our last session. Mm. And she was like, and I just feel like embarrassed. And I was like, Oh, first of all, if not here, do we get to feel our emotions? Where the hell do we get to feel them? First of all, right? But I was talking about how I've started to understand when I have a really anxious, difficult moment for me normally comes up in the evenings, right? Like where there's just a lot of like the world is ending thoughts or whatever. And now my relationship to those moments is so different. I will check the moon a lot of times. I'll be like, where is the moon cycle right now? Probably has something to do with what is happening in my body. But, you know, even as I say that jokingly, I think there's a really beautiful element of what we used to understand from a feminine perspective about emotions, about the ways that we were impacted by our environment and by the cycles of the moon and our own um, hormones and cycles and things like that. Whereas we've, as women, really been conditioned to believe that, you know, you should be stoic. You should be like in this masculine energy of like, I am a one note pony and everything is the same all the time. And when it's not, there's something wrong. And, you know, I like to think of those cycles when we're expanding, because what you're talking about is like, yes, I will revisit this thing of people pleasing. It's it's going to happen. That's going to be a life thing. It might show up in a different way next time, but it's going to come to the surface. But our growth is not... Um, you know, linear, it's sort of like, I like to think of like a spring, right? Like we're Mm -hmm. ascending, we're going upward in our expansion, but we're going to revisit the things that we've come up against before. It just feels different because we're growing, you know? That reminds me, that image reminds me of like the Kundalini snake, right? Like rising from Mm -hmm. the base and ascending up into the crown, but it doesn't stay there. Kundalini energy goes back down and it recoils again at the root and then it re-rises and then it goes back down and it recoils, right? And that, I mean, that's, that's it. Like that's the work. It's just this continual cycling, Mm. um, up to ascension and then back down to the earth, down to the root. Exactly that. Yeah. I I like it. Okay. That's that second. Well, y'all, so that was our, that was our riff on self-sabotage. Um, but if, again, if, if you have it's any questions for us, it's not a thing, <laughs> but that was it. Our riff is it's not a thing. That's, that's our, our landing point is it's just not a thing. You guys, it's life school. It's all, all a part of the process. It's all a part of the journey. Um, but I just want to say thank you all for being here with us. And if you have any questions again, feel free to shoot us an email cheaper than therapy, the pod at gmail.com. And we will talk about it. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and give us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to connect with us more, find us on Instagram at Cheaper Than Therapy, the podcast. Mm -hmm.